Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters in the faith. Praises be to our loving Abba. In his great mercy, we are able to gather in person here in Southern California. But of course, we are also joined in or live uh, by our brothers and sisters throughout the world today. And so we are indeed blessed because we have received the calling and election from our father, Yahuwah, that we are brought into fellowship with our king, Yahushua, Hamashiach. This is the purpose of our assembly today, to acknowledge, to offer thanksgiving and praise, because we are now the people of Allahim through our master, Yahushua Hamashiach. Now, we've been conducting studies lately, especially if we consider the BQA and the BHP, about the people of Israel. We have a calling and election that is based upon a prophecy. The prophecy is the one that gives us the ability to be able to say, yes, we have received the calling of Yahuwah. And what prophecy is that? Let's go ahead and continue to look into the book of Isaiah 43, 5 down to 6. Do not be afraid, because I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. I'm sure we are familiar with this prophecy. What is this prophecy all about? It's the work of Yahuwah bringing people together, namely the descendants of Israel. And so this is the work of bringing together the house of Israel. Although this is specifically for the house of Israel, it also includes people of all nations. Because when a person becomes attached or when a person comes into union with our King Yahushua, he is also Israel. And so this is the work of bringing together the people of Abba. We studied already how this prophecy was fulfilled. And to be able to understand fully this prophecy, we need to look at the time and also the place of fulfillment. So let's begin with the time. We all know that the time or phrase called ends of the earth, this has other explanations in the Holy Scriptures. In Matthew 24, our King Yahushua spoke about the sign of the end. And this is what he said when you see all these signs it is at the doors what are some of the signs we know it all points to world war number one in addition to that the bible also speaks about revelation 8 and the verse is 7 about the trumpet in the seventh seal what event is being described by the trumpet the first trumpet of the seventh seal it describes also world war number one and so we have here two testimonies concerning the ends of the earth they point to a time marker july 27 1914 how many here are familiar with the date july 27 1914 i think most of us who came from the faith we originated from know about july 27 1914 because to us that's the beginning of this time called ends of the earth. This is why today we have a special worship service because we remember the beginning of the work of this restoration that started July 27, 1914. Well, how about the place? 
of this work. Let's look at the next slide, please. We know the Bible mentions Mizrak. And what is Mizrak again? It refers to the Far East. And not only does the Bible specify Far East, but it also tells us islands of the sea in the Far East, which is what country? It is the country of the Philippines. This is why we're not surprised in the Philippine archipelago from north all the way to south, we will find Hebrew influences, places and mountains that are named after Hebrew names. Why is that? Because we believe that the tribes of Israel, they migrated to the islands of the sea. That is the starting point. That is the place of gathering of the people of Elohim during a time called ends of the earth. We know the time. We know the place. Now we need to know the mission of those who were called by Yahuwah. Because after all, the meaning of election is to be called, right? And if you are called, it means Yahuwah wants us to do something. He has a work for us to do. What could that be? What is the purpose of our calling and election? Let's read the book of Isaiah 42. 4 and 21, this is what it says. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. It pleases Yahuwah for the sake of his righteousness to make his law great and glorious. What is the purpose of our calling and election? The work of Yahuwah's restoration that will begin in the islands in the Far East. Bible says it is to make the laws of Yahuwah great, glorious, and honorable. Do you know what is represented by the law of Yahuwah? What do we call that, brothers and sisters? The Ten Commandments. How many here know the Ten Commandments? We have our sister sitting in the front here. If I were to ask her to enumerate the Ten Commandments, I think she'll be able to do that. Do you want me to do that? No? Our sister is saying, no, brother, don't call me. How many here know the Ten Commandments? Yeah? I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments we used to have. Right? I'm talking about the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah, the one recorded in the Holy Scriptures. Do you know the Ten Commandments is the basis, the foundation for a society to thrive? This is why when you want to build a society, a new society, because nowadays when we look around us, the nations are falling apart, right? I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about morally. People are not content today. If you want to grow and build a society that's thriving, filled with joy, do you know what the foundation is? The Ten Commandments. You see, what Yahuwah wants from those called from the islands in the Far East during a time called ends of the earth is for us to make the Ten Commandments great and glorious. Why is that? Because some might say, well, the Ten Commandments, brother, that's obsolete. How many here have heard that argument before? Yeah, we hear that all the time, especially from Christendom. Aren't you surprised? Of all the people in the world, people who confess and practice Christianity, they say the Ten Commandments are obsolete. And they say that because they say, well, we belong during a time where we have a new covenant. 
And so they think, because we have a new covenant, well, the Ten Commandments is obsolete. But is that true? Let's take a look at what it says in the book of Hebrews 8, 8 to 10. This is about the new covenant through our King Yahushua. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says Yahuwah, when I will make, what does it say? A new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. I want to pause there for a while. You notice, always in the mind of Yahuwah is the house of Judah and the house of Israel. Taken together, we have Israel as a whole. You see, the people who belong to Yahuwah are the people of Israel. And so when Yahuwah wants to bring certain people to be his nation, he adds them to Israel through Yahusha HaMashiach. Because it is with the house of Judah, the house of Israel, that Yahuwah makes this new covenant with. Verse 9, And according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand, to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says Yahuwah. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Yahuwah. I will put my laws, the Ten Commandments, in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. What is the new covenant all about is it to render obsolete the ten commandments no the new commandment actually makes the ten commandments even more relevant why because in the old testament under the mosaic covenant the ten commandments were written on what tablets tablets of stone in the New Covenant, the Ten Commandments are no longer written in tablets of stone. Where did Yahuwah write the Ten Commandments? In our mind and in our heart. Does that make it obsolete? No. It makes it even more relevant. And so what is the expectation of our loving Father? Because He called us and He has given us this New Covenant. We must make the Ten Commandments great and glorious again. This is the work of the assembly. This is the work of those who belong to Israel, who are being gathered together in one assembly. It is to make the law. It is to make the commandments of Yahuwah great and glorious again. Do you know why this is Yahuwah's work? Why is the brunt, the essence of the work of Yahuwah that he has given his elect during our time? To make the commandments great and glorious again. Because something happened. After the death of the apostles. Something happened during the age of the Gentiles. How many here remember the BHP? Because something happened in the 2000 or almost 2000 years of the reign of the Gentiles. Right? Some people call it the church age. What happened? After the inclusion of the Gentiles to be added to be co-heirs with Israel. What happened? Let's find out in the next slide, please. We know during the age of the Gentiles, certain things began to change. What kind of changes? The influence of pagan nations 
began to creep into the doctrine affecting the faith of those who profess to be of Christ or followers of Mashiach. This is why if we are to trace the history of Christianity, we're going to find these changes taking place gradually to the point that we miss that we have already been deviating from the faith. What are some of the examples of the influence of paganism that kind of mixed with the faith of the true followers of Allahim? Number one is the Trinity and the belief that there are three gods in one person, right? How many here are familiar with that belief? You know, if you were to speak someone who calls himself or herself a Christian, do you know what they say the qualification is for a Christian? You have to believe in the Trinity. If you don't believe in the Trinity, guess what? You're not a true Christian. Catholicism believes that. Protestantism believes that. However, this is not a Hebrew doctrine. This is not from Yahuwah. This is the result of paganism infiltrating the faith of the true chosen ones. What else? The worship of idols and images, relics and statues that are worshipped and bowed down to. What else? The removal of the sacred name Yahuwah and Yahusha. This is why when we look today at our modern Bibles, what do we find instead of the name Yahuwah? We find L-O-R-D. What do we find instead of the name Yahusha? J-E-S-U-S. How did this happen? Because throughout the age of the Gentiles, they have removed the sacred names of Yahuwah and Yahusha. What else happened during the age of the Gentiles? Desecrating of the Sabbath. They said the Sabbath is on a Sunday. They changed the Sabbath from Saturday, the seventh day, to the sixth to the first day, the Sunday, right? And so all these changes began to take place from the time 100 AD and even before that up until the time today. These changes are taking place. And so what did Yahuwah do? He called Yeshurah, Israel, from the islands of the sea so that this work of the Gentiles can be countered to restore. This is why the work of July 27, 1914, we call it the work of, starts with letter R, the work of restoration. What are we restoring? The true faith, because it has been corrupted by the influence of the Gentiles. And how do we do that? By honoring, making great and glorious. What again? The Ten Commandments. Next slide, please. Because when you look at the Ten Commandments, especially the parts of the Ten Commandments that pertain to Allahim, it mentions the name Yahuwah, that he is the only true God. This is why commandment number one, that takes care of pagan influence number one. Notice that? Commandment number two, do not make an idol. Do not make images. That takes care of Gentile influence number two. Do not, commandment number three, what does commandment number three say? Can you read it from that far? Yeah, what does commandment three say? Do not, do not take, the take the name yeah. Does that mean do not use the name? No. Do not take it in vain. 
It means as we use the name of Yahuwah, we need to make sure we do it in a sacred way, right? What else? Remember the Sabbath. And so we can see that by making the commandments, the Ten Commandments, when we make it great, honorable, and glorious, we undo the works of the pagans, the Gentiles. That's the work of restoration. Next slide, please. You notice in 1914, when Brother Felix Manalo began to preach the gospel, he basically was able to uphold, almost, right? But because of his work and the work of where we came from, Bible, we know that they took care of Trinity and the worship of idols. But there's only a part of the work that we are to do. What also does the Bible tell us that we need to do? We need to also, brothers and sisters in the faith, so that we can make our calling and election sure, we have to fulfill the purpose of our calling and our election, right? If we don't do that, what is the warning of Apostle Peter? The Bible says, we will what? Fall. Do you see that on the screen? If we don't make our calling election sure, we're going to fall. And when we study the history of the people of God, what do we find happening again and again? The people of Elohim, Israel, because they're stubborn. They were called by Yahuwah, yes. But they, take, they took for granted their calling election. And so they would fall and stumble all of the time. Who's an example? Let's read the book of Romans 11, 7 down to 8. This is what the Apostle Paul teaches. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it. And the rest were blinded. Just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear to this very day. And so who's an example of the elect of God? Israel. But they fell because they did not make their calling an election sure. The people of Israel. Is it true that the people of Israel during the days of the apostles were they the elect of God? Yeah. They were the chosen ones of Yahuwah. But what did they do? They took for granted their calling an election. And so what happened to them? They became blind and they became deaf. I want you to notice how the Bible describes their blindness and deafness. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. And so Israel, historically, have a problem with being blind and deaf. However, when the people of Israel would become blind and deaf, Yahuwah would always set apart what? A remnant. This is why the Apostle Paul says, there is a special elect from the elect, right? So there's an elect of the elect. This is why the Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen. This is Yahuwah setting apart a remnant whenever the rest of his people become blind and deaf. This is why in the next slide, we know that there's blindness and deafness in Israel throughout the generations of Israel during the time of the apostles. They're blind and deaf because they could not see, they could not hear who? Yahusha. They were blind and deaf because they could not perceive that Mashiach 
was with them and they could not accept that Yahusha is their Messiah. However, the deafness and blindness of Israel is not just during that time. This is why Apostle Paul makes a connection. To what does he connect the blindness and deafness of Israel in the first century? Let's read Romans 11, 2 down to 5. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture say of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Yahuwah, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left. And they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so then, at this present age, this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. We know there was blindness and deafness of Israel in the first century. But there was also blindness and deafness during the days of the prophet Elijah. During the days of the prophet Elijah, the people of Israel were blind and deaf because instead of worshiping Yahuwah, who did they worship? Baal. Prophet Elijah was lamenting and he was kind of saying to Yahuwah, I'm the only one left. <laughs> I'm the only prophet left. Can you imagine? Millions of Israelites they all turned their backs on Yahuwah and they bowed the knee to Baal. Millions of Israelites. Prophet Elijah said, I'm the only one left. But what was the divine response? The Bible says that Yahuwah actually preserved how many? 7,000. 7,000 out of millions. What do you call that? A remnant. There's a remnant elected by grace this is the pattern of scripture israel has a tendency to become blind to become deaf and because of this yahuwah sets apart a small remnant next slide please this is why when we look at these two events the time of elijah they were blind and deaf they could not see the true god they worshiped baal instead of yahuwah in the first century the same thing they were blind and deaf because they could not see that Mashiach was in front of them. And so they were, they cannot see and hear Yahushua. Next slide. Every time there is blindness and deafness, what does Yahuwah do? He sets apart a remnant called by the election of grace. This is why even though many are called, how many are chosen? Only few are chosen. Having known this, what then? What questions now can we ask concerning our election? Next slide, please. Can the people of God in these last days, and we know that they were brought together July 27, 1914. Can the people of Elohim, which were brought together July 27, 1914, in these last days, can they also suffer from blindness and deafness? What do you think? I think so, right? If that's the case, is it also true then that there's a remnant today? What do you think? Many are called, but few are chosen. Well, if that's the case, is that biblical? Yeah. Isaiah 43, 5 and 6 initially was fulfilled July 27, 1914 in the islands of the sea. 
in the Philippines. And we know there was a registration that took place there, right? But look at what Yahuwah says. In Isaiah 43.8, let's read what it says. God says, summon my people to court. They have eyes, but they are blind. I'm not the one saying that. They have ears, but they are deaf. Who's the one calling the people of God to court? Yahuwah himself. From Isaiah 43, 5 to 6, we have Yahuwah bringing together his people, his sons and daughters. In verse 8, he says, I'm taking them to court. Yahuwah's taking his people to court. And what is the accusation of Yahuwah? Yahuwah says to his people, what does he say? You have, you have eyes, but you are blind. You have ears, but you are deaf. Isn't this also what we find in history, time of Elijah, time of the apostles, and now in these last days? This is not by accident. This is the tendency of Israel, a stubborn people, right? And what does it mean when the Bible says this time, what does it mean for his people who are committed to him to be blind and to be deaf? Well, we know Isaiah 43 and Isaiah 42 are connected. And so 42 tells us those who are blind and deaf. Isaiah 42, 4, 18 and 21. This is what it says. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. What is that law again? The Ten Commandments. Hear, you deaf. Look, you blind, and see. Who is blind but my servant? Even though he calls people his servants, he calls them blind. Right? And deaf like the messenger I sent. Who is blind like the one committed to me. Blind like the servant of Yahuwah. You have seen many things, but have paid no attention. Your ears are open, but you hear nothing. It pleased Yahuwah for the sake of his righteousness to make his law great and glorious. And so when Yahuwah is taking his people to court, accusing them of being blind and deaf, what is he referring to? The Bible says, even though they have eyes, even though they have ears, they cannot see. The importance of Yahuwah's work of making the Ten Commandments great and glorious. This is why Yahuwah says they are blind and deaf. And so if you go to the next slide, during the days of Elijah, Israel, they were blind because they could not see Yahuwah and they worship Baal. But what did God do? He set apart a very small remnant. How many? 7,000. During the days of the apostles, Israel again betrays Yahuwah because they're blind and deaf. This time they could not see who? Yahusha. They're deaf to his teachings. How about today? Is that pattern repeating today? What is your answer? Yes. How am I going to fill in that last slot right there? Where are they blind to? They cannot see and hear what? What can they not see and hear? Next slide. Ten commandments. You see, what we need to do to make our calling sure is to make the Ten Commandments great and glorious. Again, this is the purpose 
of our calling and election. Next slide, please. In Isaiah 43, 5 to 6, we know this was fulfilled initially when? What's the date again? July 27, 1914. But we know what happened to this work of Yahuwah. Yahuwah gave them a long time to make the commandments great and glorious. But was that done? Was it made great and glorious? Or was it replaced by something else? <laughs> what do you think Yahuwah is going to do if he has a purpose for his calling and election? And the people whom he called, well, they were blind and deaf to that. What do you think Yahuwah is going to do? He's going to set apart what? A small remnant. And this is what happened. This is why we're here, brethren. We represent the small remnant. Why? Because the majority, over the years, instead of making great the commandments of Yahuwah Abba, well, they replaced it. Not only that, Yahuwah now sets apart a people for himself. In verse 7, continuation, this is what it says, Bring everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. What did Yahuwah do? After Isaiah 1, 8 to 9 was fulfilled. Bible says he set apart a, a very small remnant. And that remnant will have an identity. What is the identity of that small remnant? We know it is the name that he created for his glory. Brothers and sisters, what is that name? The name of Yahushua. This is why we believe Verse 7 was fulfilled when the assembly of Yahusha was registered. And so there's a connection between the prophecy in 5 to 6 and verse 7. There's a continuity. What Yahuwah wants us to do is to continue and to complete what Isaiah 43, 5 and 6 intends for us to fulfill. Right? And that connection is informed even by the mysterious number 120. Next slide. It's a good thing a lot of the ministerial students are here <laughs> because I'm going to ask them about 120. Do you know that the number 120 is a very mysterious number? But it's a significant number. How many know about the 120s in the Bible? Huh? But Paul is over there sitting in the front row and he's saying, call me, Brother John. <laughs> But Sister Gigi says, no, <laughs> don't call him, please. So I won't call you, Brother Paul, right? So 120, the number 120 is very significant. Why? Next slide. Moses lived for how long? 120 years. 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the desert, 40 years leading the people of Israel through the wilderness. 120. What else? Next slide. Israel was a united kingdom for how long? 120 years during the king the reigns of king saul followed by david followed by solomon 40 years each you get 120 right what else the long suffering of yahuwah is 120 years did you know that i think you know that so 120 is significant not only that what also is represented by 120 next slide please moses waited a total of 120 days to get the tablets that contain the Ten Commandments. Why so long? Next slide, please. You know, the work of Moses in getting the two tablets, 
it's kind of a metaphor of the restoration of the Ten Commandments. Why is that? Because when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, Sinai to get the tablets that was inscribed by the finger of God, which contained the Ten Commandments, right? What happened when he came down? He got angry. Why did he get angry? Because the people he left, the Israelites, what did they do? They worshiped the golden calf. My goodness, right? And so what did Moses do? He broke, he broke the Ten Commandments. He broke the tablet. And so what has to happen now? It has to be restored, right? And so on the third summit, or on the third time he gets, he goes there, Yahuwah gives him a new set inscribed by his finger. But how long in totality did it take? 120 days, not years. <laughs> 120 days. And so that 120 days kind of represents metaphorically the work of restoring the Ten Commandments. So if we go to the next slide, right, we have Moses. He waited 120 days for the tablets that contained the Ten Commandments. What also is 120 days. Next slide. There are also 120 days between July 27th and November 24. You might be saying, so what, why is that relevant to us? November 24. Is that my birthday or your birthday? Do you know what November 24 is? You know what November 24 is? Huh? Next slide. Yeah. That's when the assembly of Yahushua was officially registered in the U.S. government. November 24. Is that by chance? You think that's by chance? I mean, when you look at the significance of the work of restoring and making great the Ten Commandments, next slide, kind of ties in with Moses, doesn't it? And so there's correlation underscored by 120 that connects, connects the work in Isaiah 43, 5 to 6 with Isaiah 43, 7. This is why we are truly fortunate because we have been given this work. We have been registered as an assembly, identified officially by the name of Yahusha because he wants us, it's very clear now, what he wants us to do is to make what great? The Ten Commandments. And so what should be our goal? We're assembled together today. There are people in person. There are those joining us through Zoom or Facebook. What is our goal today? What must be our objective? Let's read the book of Isaiah 62, 1 down to 2. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of Yahuwah will name. When the prophet Isaiah penned these words and he says, Yahuwah is going to call his people by a new name. What is that name? The name for his glory. What is that name? 
Yahusha. He's identifying the people of Israel whose work is to shine light on the Gentiles. Why? Because the Gentiles corrupted the faith of Israel. And so it is up to those who were called by this new name to shine brightly upon the Gentiles, to restore what the Gentiles did so that the righteousness of Yahuwah will shine. This is what we need to do. This is what we must be focused to do. Make the Ten Commandments great and glorious again. And why must we do this with a sense of urgency? Allow me to read the warning of our loving Father Yahuwah in the book of Isaiah 42, 14 now and 15. I have held my peace a long time. Want to pause there for a while? Isaiah 42 and 43 are connected. Yahuwah is speaking about his people whom he calls his servants. He's bringing Israel together. And there's something Yahuwah wants them to do. Make the law great again. But what does Yahuwah say? He did not see this happening right away. And so what does he say? He says, I have held my peace a long time. I have been still and restrained myself. Now I will cry like a woman in labor. I will pant and gasp at once. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will make the rivers coastlands and I will dry up the pools. I don't know about you. Yahoo was pretty upset because the work that was given to the islands of the sea, his people, they were not doing it. And so what did Yahuwah say? He says, I have held my peace long enough. And so what did he begin to do? The Bible says he will lay waste the mountains and hills. How do you lay waste the mountains and hills? How do you do that? One is burned, right? You know how many forest fires and wildfires we have? Did you know Alaska recently? Oh, over 3 million acres. Alaska. Mountains gone. The hills gone by fire to dry up all their vegetation. You know, when you take a drive from San Jose down here to uh, La Cañada, you're going to pass a lot of dry land. And you probably notice on the way the riverbeds are dried up. We have a problem with drought. We have a problem with fire. We have a problem with high temperatures, right? It's pretty hot in here, but it's a good thing we have AC. Well, what do we notice happening throughout the world? Not just here in California, even in Europe, even in Heathrow, even in England. What, are, what is happening in Australia? Not only do we have forest fires and wildfires, we have droughts, vegetation being devoured. What is Yahuwah telling us? We need to have this sense of urgency to proclaim and make great the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah Abba. Brethren, when we look at all the signs, do you know what it means? The assembly of Yahusha. This is true. This is not our work. This is the work of who? Yahuwah. The prophecy testifies about us and about our work. Brothers and sisters, 
We're almost done. But at this point in our lesson, our study, I want you to ask yourselves, why are you here? Those who are joining us through Zoom, I want to pose the same question. Why are you here? Did someone force you to come here? Why are we here? Because when you think about it, if we join the assembly of Yahusha and do the work that is being fulfilled here, what have we experienced? We know from where we came from, they really don't like us. And even among those who were removed, they also don't like us. We get persecuted, mocked because of the work that we do, right? And so why are we here then? Why, despite the persecution, why, despite the suffering, why are we here up until today? You know why? I'm going to let our king answer that question for us because we may not even know why. But our king knows why. And this is what he says in the book of John 6, 37, 44 to 45. However, those the father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. For no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Question, why are we here? Sons and daughters, he says, do not be afraid. Fear not, because I am with you. Never forget that Yahuwah is with us. Why does Yahuwah say to his sons and daughters, do not be afraid? Because he knows what we're going to go through in life. He knows what we're going to endure. Especially when we have our calling and election. He knows we're going to go through suffering. He knows we're going to be afflicted. And so during these times, what should we remember? Sometimes, you know, when things become especially hard, Sometimes we begin to think and say to ourselves certain thoughts. What are they? In the book of Isaiah 49, 13 to 16, shout for joy, O heavens, rejoice, O earth, burst into song, O mountains, for Yahuwah comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, Yahuwah has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Brethren, let's be honest. Do we sometimes feel that way? When we go through adversity, when we go through affliction, we do everything we can in our power to resolve the problem we have. And no matter what we try, we're frustrated. No matter what we do, we have these problems. And sometimes because of our affliction, we begin to say to ourselves, Yahuwah has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. If ever the sons and daughters of Elohim begin to ask those questions, 
Do you know what Yahuwah said? You know what his response was to his people? Let's continue reading in verse 15. Yahuwah says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Do we sometimes feel that Yahuwah has forsaken us? We say to ourselves, he has forgotten me. Yahuwah is quick to respond. He says, can a mother forget a baby? And have no compassion on that child. We know a mother's love for his son, mother's love for her daughter. We can't really measure it. But Yahuwah says, even if a mother can forget her child, I will never forget you. You know what Yahuwah even said? I engraved your name in the palms of my hands. You know your name? is in the palm of Yahuwah's head. He knows you more than you know yourself. He knows your history. He knows your present. He knows your future. And he says, your name is in the palm of my hands. He is assuring us he will never forget us. And so when we go through affliction, what do we need to do? Let us remember who we are. Brethren, who are we? We're the sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. And so let us enjoy that love. Let us receive that love because the more the love that we receive from Yahuwah, the more we overcome fear. You know what Yahuwah wants to do for those whom he considers his sons and daughters? Let's read the final passage of our studies today. In the book of Hosea 11, 1 to 4, Yahuwah says, when Israel was a child I loved him and called him out of Egypt as my son today who has called us and he has announced we are his sons and daughters but the more I called to him the more he turned away from me my people sacrificed to Baal they burned incense to idols yet Yahuwah says, I was the one who taught Israel to walk. I took my people in my arms, but they did not acknowledge that I took care of them. I drew them to me with affection and love. I picked them up, held them to my cheek. I bent down to them and fed them. This is Yahuwah. Look at the affection that Yahuwah has for you and I. I want you to let this sink in, brethren. This is how much Yahuwah loves us. What are we going through now? Are we afraid? The Bible says Yahuwah will walk with us. He will teach us how to walk through fear. Are we lonely? Yahuwah says, I will bring you to me with affection and love. 
Yahuwah even says, he will pick us up and hold us to his cheek. That's great love and affection. Are we worried because of what's happening in this life? Yahuwah says, I will take care of them. I will bend down to them and feed them. Brethren, we are truly fortunate. Let us never take for granted what we have. We are the people of Allahim. We have been called and chosen. Let us express our thanksgiving to our loving Father. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, you are truly good, Yahuwah. We cannot possibly describe the greatness of your love. We feel your presence. You have bent down and you have brought us to your cheek. We are truly fortunate, loving Abba. We belong to you. We belong to you. Not because we're good, but because you love us so much. Thank you, Father. Yahuwah, Almighty. Behold your sons and daughters, please. You know what we go through in life. There were times we admit and sadly confess. We thought you left us. We thought you have forsaken us. We know your answer, loving Abba. You can never forget us. You have engraved our names in the palms of your hands. You have given up your son that we can become your children. Thank you, Father. Thank you forever for the love that you have given us. We want to do our best to make your commandments great again. Teach us to do this well. May it begin by the way we conduct our lives treat the people we love how we treat the members of the assembly how we respond to the people who scorn us teach us to practice love because we know the essence of your commandments is to love all and especially you father when we are weak when 